Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, we've got horse stable fires, a possible West Nile outbreak, and some time in a padded cell, because sometimes you just want to spend a little time in a straitjacket. <laughs> All that and more coming up next on the GH Report. You're into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yes. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's Sunday afternoon, which means it's time for the GH Report. Yes, sirree. That's right. Or, I mean, Sunday evening, depending on where you're at on the coast or in the world. Yes. That's true. Absolutely. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. And I am your co-host, Carla Renata. And, of course, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Carla's got the chat up and running, so feel free to hop in and share your thoughts. I know she said you've already been chatter way in there, so continue the conversation as well as anything that we happen to bring up along the way. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah, but before we dive into the show in depth, Carla, how did you like this week overall? You know, i fix my hair. Because <laughs> um, I looked in the camera and I was looking crazy. Um, this week was, you know, I, I, I'm feeling like I say this more often than not, it was a little bit of a slow burn for me. Oh, I, because well, I was expecting, I was expecting more to happen with the whole Carly going back to the Looney Bin situation than it did. So that was a little bit of a slow burn. But I kind of love the fact that Mary Pat came back. <laughs> I love me some Mary Pat because she's crazy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. Uh, oof, yeah. That. Uh, but I like the slow burn because it made it start off slow, but it got a little hot. It did. It got really interesting toward the end there. I'm like, well, okay then, y'all. Okay, GH. <laughs> well, why don't we start off with that? Because it is a storyline that, yeah, you wanted to see more out of, and I was hoping we'd see a little bit of it, uh, a little bit more than we did, and that is Carly back in Ferncliff. Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't so much that I wanted to see more of it, is that I wanted to, I wanted to see it escalate a little bit more. Like I wanted, I wasn't expecting them to put her in a padded cell. Like, I'm like, really? She needs to be in a padded cell? And I wasn't expecting Kevin to be gone. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting Dr. Lazarus, who we have yet to see. But I love the fact that that, <laughs> that Mary Pat called him a visionary and that he has something special. I'm like, oh, I can't with her. No, yeah. Like, I want I want Carly to, like, do a Houdini out of that straight jacket and just slap the hell out of Mary Pat. Yeah. Because I understand Carly hurt somebody else. She injected Mary Pat to right. get out of the room. She left. But she's not a, I mean, she's not a danger to herself. No. So there's really no reason you put her in a padded cell if you want. But what's with the straight jacket as well? And that's I feel like just that was Mary some Pat. Mary that was some Mary Pat bullshit. Yeah. You know what it was? As Mary Pat's like, all right, let's just uh, get her going. Uh, and we find out though that Sonny is frustrated because he's losing his uh, his opportunities to try to get in. Well, this is the thing. So the Godfather of poor Charles is not as powerful as he thinks when it comes to this particular situation. Mostly because there's a new DA in town who's mm -hmm. looking for a reason to throw the book at him. So anything that he does that's unorthodox is going to bring attention to him and maybe put him in the slammer. And if he's in the slammer, then how effective can he be to help Carly? So there's that. Yes. And I like that uh, he we did see him kind of you know sneak his way into Ferncliff 
kind of come up on the slide to the orderly there. Right. In the he, hall. Tra- he came up to Rupert and tried to he tried to threaten Rupert, and Rupert was like, "Yo, I ain't trying to lose my job over this BS piece out." What I liked about the that scene though is that the way that that hallway was constructed, it seemed when Rupert went to go leave. Like it he just like went he, around a corner, yeah. like it was like a, like it was a fun house. It was. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was like that, and that back hall that he went down seemed like really narrow. Like he almost had to like side shimmy down it. <laughs> he was like scoot scoot scoot. <laughs> that, I actually noticed that too. That made me laugh. <laughs> like all right, cool. And what is interesting though, a little bit of friction between Sonny and Diane, because it was Diane's idea to do this right as well. There should be, and you know, and you've never seen that before. Like usually. He's like, he loves Diane. Diane can do no wrong. But it was Diane's plan that put Carly and Ferncliff in the in the first place. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And so now he's kind of, and I don't think Sonny can think clearly because of what's happening with his dad. So I think under any other circumstances, he might have been able to come up with a different plan. Like, you know, put his head together with Jason and come up with a different plan. But because he's distracted by Mike, by Michael... He can't, I don't think he can think as clearly as he normally would be in a situation like this. And so he's kind of looking to Diane to, you know, take the reins on this and make it right. And she promises that she will. But how long is that plan of hers going to take? Like she said that she was going to have somebody evaluate Carly to, to, to make sure, that, not make sure, but to deem her as being med, over-medicated so that they can get her transferred to a different facility. But, like, how long is that going to take? Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it seems when you hear somebody like Dr. Lazarus has plans, it certainly makes it seem like, well. I was like, is it lobotomy time? <laughs> I, was, I was scared. He's a visionary. <laughs> but the other thing that's frustrating me, too, is that, you know, supposedly Jason and uh, uh, and the, the, the jackal, their uh, Spinelli, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to solve this as well, too, to get mm-hmm. evidence on Nell. And yet nobody's really investigated, like, the fact that Ava's got that blanket. Nobody's been. That's actually kind of mind-boggling to me. But I think that when Carly left the wedding, and she says, you know, all these shenanigans that Nell has pulled, she didn't do it by herself, and she looked straight at Ava when she said it, is eventually going to make somebody investigate Ava because, like, how long can she not be? Even Griffin um, was questioning her involvement. And that's her man. So if if, if Gri- in the last in the last time Griffin questioned anything, it was the whole thing with with Franco. And so you know, I. Mm. <laughs> what is interesting though between like Arlie, Ava, and Nell's uh, conversations that they only seem to meet now just to remind each other that they can blow each other up. That's the only reason. It's like, oh hey, how you doing? By the way. You know, I got this blanket. Oh, by the way, I got this photo. I think Griffin's probably gonna find that blanket. I hope so. I think Griffin's gonna find that blanket and he's gonna blow the lid off of, of off of Ava's little plan. Although, if you well, I mean, I, it, and I guess it all depends on how many details of it that he knows. Because if you just found a blanket in Ava's place, would you naturally assume that? Oh wait, this but, could be. Part but why of the would deal. she have a baby blanket? There's nobody in her life that's a baby. Okay. Nobody. Then you know what Ava's gonna do? She's gonna have to like fake a pregnancy. Like I just got it because I'm pregnant now, Griffin, with your child. But, but even Avery, <laughs> even Avery's not a baby anymore, so she can't even use the excuse of "Oh, this is Avery's old baby blanket." Mm, yeah, no, that's <laughs> not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so there's a lot of uh, shenanigans going to be going on about that storyline. But you know, uh, that's when you talk about storylines. There are many shows out there that have many great storylines as well. And yep, you know yep. what? You know what? After Buzz does what? We cover those stories. Really? We cover those shows. 
All of them, in fact. We do How's our, that? We're one of the hardest working uh, online streaming platforms that are covering all these great after shows. There. Is that right? We're talking dramas, reality, TV, sci-fi, and more. There's no network that works harder than us. No. To make sure that our television fans are taken care of. <laughs> you know, but sometimes we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you. And you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about those pesky notifications, you don't have to worry about it because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other AfterBuzz TV YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did and so in the comments. And you know what? Carla Renata, in between sips of this delicious white wine that she's drinking. I'm having white Merlot by Berlinger. (laughs) I'm drinking it over from Black Tomatoes. (laughs) She'll give you a customized shout-out just for you. So how can you pass on that? So for now, thanks for being the best fans in the business and in the world, actually, and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. All right. Hey. Yay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if we're talking about Nell, let's get a little bit more into her storyline. Because finally, she Excuse gets me. what she wanted, which is being set up by Michael and Chase, and that is to get married. Yeah. My favorite moment. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. She's allergic to the storyline. No, I just had a little little dust moment. <laughs> um, my favorite moment in all of that is when Michael, <laughs> Michael was like, yeah, I set up a room for you. I thought you'd want to be by yourself. <laughs> and homegirl was like, no, 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 no. I will, be, I will be spending my wedding night with my husband. And he was like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud at the TV screen when I saw that. That's was, a, that's what that you made me laugh husband. out loud. The other thing that made me laugh out loud was the fact that she had that whole conversation with Drew where she literally says the words, how did you get away with murder? Yeah. I'm like, Nell, girl, can you, is it the mommy hormones that are getting to her head? Can she not think clearly? Did she really think she was going to have that conversation with Drew and he's not going to say nothing? I'm like, cool. And so um, I figure this is one of the most unsubtle ways that Nell's ever tried to have a conversation exactly. with somebody. Like, oof. I mean, it's I, the mommy hormones. It has to be because I'm like, oh, girl, what you doing? Yeah, I mean, and the fact that uh, Jason uh, brought in Drew to give him a, a little tip off that something could be going on with Michael and Nell to keep an eye out for him. I mean, he are, yeah, Drew's going into that conversation with already with that on his mind. Mm, so mm. as soon as you hear that. Thank goodness, because what if, what, if what if he hadn't been tipped off? What would he have told her? Yeah, and uh, well, yeah, and he starts you know, spilling some of those stone cold secrets. I'm just not like I love the fact that Drew is there, kind of like as this this seemingly unnuanced buffer between mm-hmm. the two of them. But baby, I just I feel like she. I, I'm I'm really interested to see what exactly she's going to do because we know that whatever she does, I think she's probably caught on to Michael at this point. You think so? Yeah, I do. And I don't think she's caught on to Chase just yet. But when she catches on to Chase, and she's already you know sniffed out Michael's situation, it's gonna be it's gonna be consequences and repercussions for real. Well, I mean, she's figured out that Michael seems to be after the baby and not her. But do you think that she's figured out that oh, Michael, this is all a big sting operation to get me? I for think setting she's up his close. Mom? I think she's close. You think so? I do. I think she's close because every time he leaves the room, she's like, where are you going? Where where are you going now? Like, where are you? Like, she's so paranoid every time he leaves a room. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like, but that is also because I I think unlike uh, her ex-fiance that died on the boat there, I think she genuinely (laughs) loves Michael, like almost to an obsessive level. So I think she genuinely loves Michael too, but... And I feel bad for in that respect. I do feel bad for her because she kind of set herself up for failure, you know. Very true. Uh, but I so but I feel like any reason that he can't, if she can't be kind of control and make sure that 
she he's only seeing things the way she wants him to, then I think she gets worried that he's gonna somebody's gonna give him some like new startling piece of information that's gonna make him flip on her. I don't know, but I, what I do know is that she is she's dangerous. That's because true. she's she's dangerous because she's got mommy hormones going on and she's paranoid. And then Carly jumped into the the mix and she knows that he loves his mother more than life itself and that it's going to take something huge for him to roll over on his mom. She even she knows that deep down inside. She knows that that's the truth. Yeah. You know. Well, it's because uh, at the beginning of the week we end up having Michael coming over to talk to uh, Sonny and Jason, and Sonny just lays it down, and says, "Hey, oh, hold on, you got to bring me in on this, right? I've got to know what's going on." Right. And, you know, understandably so. I mean, Michael's, you know, his reluctance to bring him in was getting a little irritating. It's like, just tell your dad what's going on. I wasn't irritated by that because Sonny is known to, just like his mother, Carly, is known to overreact and known to overstep stuff before it needs to be overstepped. So, and he's also dealing on heightened emotions because of his dad. So, you know, just look at what he did. He brought Chase over and threatened Chase and said, you know, if anything happens to Michael, I'm going to blame you. No, yeah, that you know what I mean. I know that. Thanks, honey. Great. We, we hadn't <laughs> like. How that is out. that going to help the situation? It's <laughs> not like you threatening people that are helping your son. Like, how do you think that's going to work out? And there's a part of me that thinks that Chase is isn't absolutely one hundred percent on board with this plan with Michael. Like, there's a part of me that thinks he's going to roll over on him at the last minute. It's just something shady about him. I don't know what it is. And that he's just going to take off with uh, Nell and they're going to head for the hills? Uh-huh. I don't I get the shadiness about him. Like, I get, like, there's moments where I see him, like, when Nell called him from the bedroom saying, you were right about Michael, you were right about everything, and you see him on the other end of the phone going, yes. Like, I see in that moment that he might be on board, but then there's some other moments where his face is not giving that. His face is giving, like, "Mm, I can't wait to throw you under the bus. The only thing I would think that it wouldn't be that is, if you know, if Dante was still around, I might think that he'd go that direction and kind of do a double cross. Mm Mm-hmm. But the fact that if we got rid of Chase and we have Dante gone, then we have no cops at the PCBD that that we oh, know that, as focal that's, characters. That's a good point. That's true. And then it's just, you know. It's but we gonna... do have one cop. <laughs> we have Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We have Jordan kind of, uh, you know, just you know, renting out Curtis and Sam whenever she can <laughs> to help them out. I don't have any detectives anymore. <laughs> Curtis, Sam, help me out, please. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I can't. So we'll see at the end of the week. She, uh, she finally makes a call to Chase and says, all right, Chase. Uh, we need to t- we need to talk. So this could be a nice contact to you murder. I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out. More not so much for Michael, but for Chase. Yeah, it's you know you know for somebody that I was really kind of not a big fan of his when he first came on, especially that whole stuff with Mike, and he was his uh, rigid. Uh, his rigidity with uh, police procedure. Well, he's still like that. Remember, he, he when we get to the next storyline, oh, yes. you know, we'll talk about that when we get to that. But he's still like that. That hasn't really changed to a certain extent. And that's the kind. That's the thing about his character that makes you want to snatch a knot in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes you want to take him and turn him, turn him into a pretzel, like for real. You know, I've never heard that expression before. Snatch a knot in his butt. Well, there's another euphemism that I could use, but I, I don't want to say that on oh. after buzz. Oh, well, we'll share for for after show hours. That <laughs> I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> Because we, with Chase, we've also kind of teased a little bit more with his relationship with Finn, and the idea was like, oh, I give you a late birthday present, and these are, uh, you know, Red Sox tickets. Oh, it just happens to be the same week that uh, my dad and, you know, 
my my stepmom, your real mom, coming into town. And it's, yeah, I, I guess I'm just... That was like, why did we have that moment? It, it was like, that moment kind of came out of nowhere. It's like it came out of nowhere, it happened, and then it was over, and there was no more discussion about it ever. I'm yeah. like, really? Why, why do we have that? We're so we're so engulfed in this whole other storyline that's dealing with Valentine and Nina and Liesel and Maxie and Michael and Nell and Sonny and Carly. It's like it was it was almost like they were like, let's just throw something in there for measure and see how the fans react to it. <laughs> like I honestly feel like they watched this show because Kelly. I think last week Kelly told me that they called me out. During the Stone Cold and Jackal show, oh! and what they what they do is at the end of the Stone Cold and Jackal show, they find a tweet that they clown for whatever reason, and there was a tweet that I did to Maurice Bernard that they clowned, and they're like, Maurice Bernard barely came on our show. Why do you think he's gonna come there? Um, oh, I'm man. like, okay, fine. Then why don't y'all come? Interesting. Well, you know, I do look out, uh, as usual, I like to do my weekly look out at the, uh, the many seats we have here in our studio. I hate you. And, you know, I don't see Maurice Bernard, nor I do I you. see Steve Burton. I hate you. No? No? Okay. All right. I'm all right. Okay. This is the thing. My friend Sonia Eddy, yes. who plays Epiphany on General Hospital, would oftentimes invite me to set visits. Many of those set visits involved me meeting Steve Burton, involved me meeting Maurice Bernard, Involved me meeting, I can't remember the young lady that plays Elizabeth, but I met her. Oh, nice. Um, I met quite a few of the, the regulars. And then she also invited me to a Christmas party one time where I sat in a corner for a good 20 minutes talking to Maurice Bernard about what it was like to play Sonny for 30 years. Like, I had this conversation with him in the corner at a Christmas party. It'd be great. It'd be great to have this conversation with him here on the in air. The studio. But he, he'll, he'll come. Really? But you know, Maurice, yeah, I think. He'll either come or he'll call in. But this is the thing about Maurice Bernard. Maurice Bernard is an intensely private individual. Even though he's a soap opera star, he's intensely private. And he is extremely shy compared to the character that he plays on General Hospital. So you just got to catch brother at the right time. But, you know, I got, what, six more months, five more months to make it happen? Yeah, I don't know. Time is running out fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, It'll and- happen before 2019 for sure. I don't know. I mean, if uh, Steve Burton says that we can't get him on the show because he can then barely Steve get him Bur- on this then podcast. St- then Steve Burton and, 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 and uh, what's his face? Jackal need to come. Okay. We'll get him in. Uh, I'm going to try. Well, Michelle Stafford as Nina. <laughs> somebody coming. Uh-oh. That's I don't right. know who, but somebody coming. All right. So <laughs> now uh, now we're broadening our focus here. It used to be Bur- Mar- Maurice or Bust. And now it's no, just no, kind of no. like we're just going to I'm not saying Maurice or Bust. I'm saying... We just need some people to come over here because, you know, you. they go visit everybody else's show. They can come over to After Buzz, too. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Check this out. I can probably bring wine. Look at that. And I will bring, I will make you a personalized cocktail. It can either be wine, champagne, or a personalized cocktail that I make with a shaker. I know, right? Oh. I'm just saying because I am a really good bartender. <laughs> I'm a really good bartender. So let's work that out. And right, y'all yeah. come and visit After Buzz General Hospital Report. I just want to see Carla mixing drinks. That would be fantastic. So please. Oh, yeah. I'll sit GH over in the stars. corner. I'll let them sit up here. And I'll sit <laughs> over in the corner. And I'll just be shaking the shaker and making drinks. <laughs> I, oh. I won't even discuss the show. I'll just be like, hey, shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake your drinky. Shake your drinky. I don't know how any of this GH stars could pass up an offer. Like that. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about Finn and Chase. And, of course, we did another scene with Finn, which I do like. 
that you may not be a police officer, mm-hmm. but because you've uh, you're in a the beginnings of a relationship with somebody that. Uh, used to be a police commissioner, still right. has heavily, heavily involved with them. Right. You could just still come in. Hey, I would appreciate an update on the search for Peter August. Let's just talk about that for a second. Let's just talk about the fact that Fanola Hughes, like they mentioned in the chat room, <laughs> decided this moment to take a vacation. It's like, girl, can you let your storyline play out before you went on vacation? Well, I'm sure. I'm sure she gave him plenty of advance. I mean, they're writing out to that, so they, they know when that comes, and I'm sure they just kind of build this in for that that amount of time, and they figure like, well, just first of all, her time. son is in a cabin in a fire. You can't be there for that? Well, when we did see her leave town, uh, the driver of her town car had a gun in the front seat. So she may not have even made it to Berkeley, and somebody could be making those texts back to Finn. So we don't know. I mean, for all we know, that she's been captured for some reason, whether it's a plot by Valentine or somebody else. That doll ain't been captured. Come on, you and I both know that. You don't think so? I no. have a feeling the fact that we have this, this is a chick who is a member of the WSB and has evaded face on on numerous occasions. She is nobody's captive. I bet you, I'm going to bet that she's been taken for some reason, and that's why she's not been able to communicate or come back to Port Charles in a timely fashion to help in the search. No, that bitch is on vacation. <laughs> well, we don't realize she is, but I feel like in the world of GH, Anna is uh, disposed of for the moment. Which I have to say. So I posted on social media this while we're on the subject of Anna. I posted on social media this week, and for, I'm sure the fans of General Hospital know this, but for those of you who are under a rock and don't know, Fanola Hughes was one of the original cats in the musical Cats by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And they posted some video where she was dancing on some talk show as a cat. It was kind of fantabulous, and I reposted that. It was kind of fantabulous. (laughs) So so if you haven't seen that, you have to see her. She's a wonderful dancer. Wonderful dancer. Look at her go. She's a a multi-hyphenate, I like to say. She is. I mean, don't don't you remember back in the day she was in... um, Staying Alive. Yes, with John Travolta. Yeah. She was like the the evil girl in the movie. <laughs> she was like the villain of the mo- of staying alive. <laughs> well, she is off the canvas now, so Finn feels like I can go. I can just go to the police department when I want to get an update. He needs to get over himself. Like he's doing too much. <laughs> he's doing it for the woman that he loves. He's doing too much. But we finally, finally, at least get a conclusion to the Peter August being bound and captive in somewhere. It used to be a cabin in the woods. Now it was the horse stables there on Spoon Island. Mm-hmm. But those went up in flames. When, I know. Yeah, there you go. When Obrecht said, you know, that's it. I'm going to get that that lighter. Well, she snapped. Didn't she snap like a twig? Yeah. I was. I felt bad because, you know, as crazy as Liesl is, I kind of enjoyed her on General Hospital. So I'm kind of sad that we won't be seeing as much of her. But who knows? They may work that out for us. Like maybe her and Carly will be sharing a cell at Ferncliff. We don't know. But she could be the new Heather Weber, where or that we always kind of visit her. Just kind of comes out every once in a while. But she snapped, and the way she snapped, like the way they showed her snapping, was really quite interesting. How she was standing at the fire, and she was like, "Nina was right, Nina was right," and she slowly but surely backs away while Maxie's having a nervous breakdown, mm-hmm. and then nobody, because everybody's so focused on the fire, nobody seems to notice the fact that Homegirl has just like split the scene. Yeah, it was interesting when we cut back and all of a sudden she's back on the dock in Port, in Port Charles. I'm like, what? That made me laugh. I'm like, how does she, what do they call those things? Uh, what do they call those things? If, of the launches? The launch. How does she get a launch? Like, 
I've seen everybody else call for a launch. Liesl didn't call for a launch. She, she just jumped on one. She brought her own boat. That's what you do when you're being uh, maniacal. <laughs> Liesl just jumped on a launch while it was pulling away from land. That made me laugh out loud. But we see uh, she takes a little too long. It's all bad, guys. When you, you stand around to gloat at what you think is a success, you know, you get busted. Curtis and Finn walk in on her, and uh, they keep her detained until the police come. But I the, felt bad for her, though. Didn't you feel bad for her? It was interesting. Like, I didn't think she was going to snap like that. I didn't think she was going to snap to the point where she didn't care whether her niece or Heinrich burned up. Like, she didn't even try to save Nina. No. She just, like, bolted out the door laughing like a maniacal mess. I was like, ooh, no. No, <laughs> she left Nina behind. And then you're right. She she does have that kind of breakdown there on Spoot Island. But once she gets back to the docks on Port Charles. She's lucid again. Yeah. And she's tell Anna where even. I thought, ooh, that's evil down. Yeah. That was so, that was like venomous evil. So, yeah, I mean, it does feel like this is going to be a tough one for, I, I do think that once she finds out that Nina's still alive, I think she may take all the consequences on herself. So, and, and the fact that Nina tried to help Peter at the end, I think Peter won't sit, turn on Nina. So I feel like Nina could get out of this relatively unscathed. I think Nina's going to get out of it. I think she I think she will get out of it unscathed because I think Peter will probably try to help her if he gets out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that when she said, how did I get out? And they said, Valentine saved you. The look on Valentine's face, like he looked like he genuinely was upset that she was in peril and that his life was just going to come crashing down around him if she hadn't lived. Which kind of touched my heart because up until that moment, I kind of thought Valentine was a little heartless. Well, I feel like he's always cared about things those close to him, and uh, certainly Charlotte, for one, absolutely. Yeah, but, he absolutely has unconditional love for Charlotte. But other than that, I feel like the way he's been really aggressive, you know, pursuing and trying to woo Nina back. But I felt like it was going to be hard for Nina because she's already taken him back once, and to have the same thing kind of blow up in her face again and say that's it, it was going to take something really extraordinary if she was even going to attempt a reconciliation. I think she'll probably take him back after this. Like, he saved her life. How can you not take somebody back after they saved your life? Would you take somebody back if they saved your life? Hell yeah. All right. Jury's (laughs) out on me. (laughs) Hell yeah. Depends on how... how, Because because this is the thing. When you are faced with a situation where you don't have time to rationalize what your actions are going to be, and your first school of thought is, I have to save her, then that means you... You felt more about me than you even thought you did, or I thought you did. So there has to be points given for that. Um, let's go back for one second with Valentine <laughs> when he does put two, Why two you together <laughs> about the uh, the bartender at the Metro Court when he oh, finally re- <laughs> wait 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 wait. Let's just talk about that for a second. Let's just talk about the bartender at the Metro Court. That scene made me laugh out loud because he was all, I don't know how you would know me. Oh. I'm an actor. And he says it like, he says it like he's like Leonardo DiCaprio or something. He's like, maybe you see me in this. And when he goes to reenact this commercial where he's pouring coffee, child, I thought I would pee. I laughed so hard. It was pure. Whoever that actor is that played that part, that was pure comedy right there. He did. There, it, it was funny. No small parts right there. He showed <laughs> it that. Was, it was funny down. <laughs> and then the way he described Nina, he's like, what does she look like? He was like, she's tall, she's a strawberry blonde, very intense. And, and Valentine's like, yeah, I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and I did like Valentine just reaching over the counter. <laughs> You're like, who are you? Who sent you? <laughs> who are you working for? 
Oh my god, that that whole situation made me laugh out loud. It was funny. But give it up for for that uh, that bartender though, because even when like he, he was kind of busted, he still took time to like, hey, get uh, that flyer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Make sure you when he, my show. when he whipped out that flyer, I'm like, oh my God, that is so apropos to what an actor that is so full of themselves would do. Like, yeah, you may never see me in this commercial, but here, why don't you come check out this play? And Valentine's <laughs> like, yeah, I'll try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I laughed out loud. That made my stomach hurt when I watched that. I laughed out loud. It was funny. Thank you for bringing that yeah, up. That uh, that was probably the highlight of the week for me was that interaction there. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> That was pretty funny. We do see a little bit with uh, Maxie and Lulu, and I guess uh, uh, continuing the kind of rehabilitation of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lulu, uh, Maxie's trying to get to Spoon Island. Lulu has, happens to come by from being on a haunted star. So, oh, I've got you know, I've got a boat from the haunted star. We could take you over there. Uh, but they do have the moment where Maxie wants to go in and try to find Peter. And yeah. Lulu stops her from stops her from being her own worst enemy. She's like, "No, you cannot go in there. You have two children that need you." And I'm like, "If." Maxie thinks Lulu has not redeemed herself from the whole Peter Heinrich situation and Nathan dying. That moment was it. So all is forgiven. Like, you got to get off of Lulu's case now. No, I wouldn't say all is forgiven. Like, she, there's something to be said for the fact that, yes, she did put Nathan in danger. And, yes, by her doing that with her, quote-unquote, journalistic duty, it did result in Nathan losing his life. But at the end of the day... Lulu was her best friend before the shit hit the fan, so to speak. So at some point, you either got to forgive. You, you, I'm not saying for her to forget, because you will never forget. But at some point, you have to be the bigger person and forgive. And Maxie seemed to be on that that journey of forgiving Lulu. And then Lulu steps it up even a step further by saying, look. You can go in that fire if you want to, but you have two kids that need you. You know, James has already lost his dad. Do you want him to lose his mom, too? And her face was like, no. Yeah, can't do that. Uh, to cut back, uh, focus a little bit on Maxie. Mm-hmm. I did, like, earlier in the week mm-hmm. when she's at the she's at the hospital, mm-hmm. just, you know, doing whatever. But that Sam and Curtis are also around looking for, you know, trying to track down where Peter August may be and where at Warbrook is. Can I but just they say Sam and Curtis are getting on my nerves? They are like they are like they are not super sleuths. They are like I don't even know what they are. Oh, they are like on. super sloths. I'm like, what is oh. going? Yeah, I'm not having them. I'm. It takes them a little too long to like get to the point. I'm like, what y'all doing? Yeah, it does drag out. And Sam's the way that she says hi to Maxie. Maxie, what are you doing here? I'm like, whoa, 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 ease up, Sam. Right, like, slow your roll, girl. Anybody getting me to the hospital? <laughs> what, what does it matter? Jeez Louise. Uh, it was funny. It was. <laughs> as we're getting ready to wrap up, though, I want to ask who's who. We get to start up perhaps a uh, potential meet-cute between uh, Drew and the new a- a- a district attorney in town, where she squirts mustard. Mustard on his back. That was quite the shot, because she was like, I like seven or eight feet away from him. That mustard launched. Let me tell you something. I kind of like the fact that there's set... It looked like they're trying to set them up to to hook up. But what's going to be interesting is how Dr. Kim takes that news. And if Dr. Kim is going to be like, no, nah, it's good, and then, you know, go full throttle after Drew. Uh, it's. I, mean, I feel like Julian is ready to have a little bit deeper of a committed relationship than Kim is. I think that's going to be a problem when she when she disco- when she finally gets to the point where because she's going to get to the point where she's like, you know what, I need to be with Drew. Julian's going to have an issue with that, and that's that's going to end. 
um, incite a whole different type of storyline, I think. And he's just going to go and start wailing Cause on he those. doesn't. Because think about it. He does not like taking no for an answer. Look how he did Alexis. Well, oh, I, the hope is that he has become a better person since past that. Yeah, no, he hasn't. Because look at when he came to Sonny with the picture of Mike and, and the um, the other dude. Yeah. And he came to Sonny with that picture, and he knows that the reason Sonny doesn't want him to dig further is that there's some issue with Mike, with the pit, with there's there's a story behind that picture that he's not aware of. So he knows that, and he's like, mm, no. Ju- I mean, at the end of the day, Julian is not a tiger that's going to change his spots. He's just not. Or his stripes. Or stripes. Yeah. He's but, just not. But he does have that talk with Kim about saying, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't antagonize Sonny, let me just do what I want to do. Let Sonny do, do, do what he wants to do. Uh, but easier to, for Julian to say because as soon as that construction starts on that back, uh, back it's room. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be. <laughs> uh, real quick, it's going to wrap up. It's just some hot casting updates there for everybody. Okie dokie. Some news. Casting. After Buzz TV News. Uh, well, we are going to do a, a recasting of Jordan. I don't know exactly who that's going to be. We said that last week, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't confirmed like because we know Vanessa's got a new show over mm-hmm. back in Canada. Uh, but it wasn't sure of like, oh, is she just going to go to reoccurring and mm-hmm. perhaps still be able to pop into Jordan stuff. But she's definitely leaving GH because the demands of that new show, they're going to make it difficult to be able to have her as accessible to GH as they'd like. So right. she's going to be leaving the show. They will be doing a recast of it. So at least we'll still be able to continue the Curtis and Jordan story. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But they're not going to put the kibosh on that. Uh, but another actor from GH has as well got another gig. That's Billy Miller. He's also landed the uh, role of Alex Dunn on Apple's new thriller drama series, Are You Sleeping?, the part's only reoccurring, so he should be able to do That's both Octavia that That's Octavia Spencer's new show. Yeah. They had a lot of people on that show. Yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll still be able to get our uh, our weekly dose of Billy Miller. Okay. Yeah, especially now that uh, there will be a potential new relationship on the horizon between him and the new AD or the district. DA. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, then we also have, of course, uh, we have uh, uh, Tristan Rogers, Robert Scorpio, back in town soon. Yes! Can't get enough of that. We love Tristan Rogers. Yes, yeah, so he's back to continue. Now that we have, we're going to have Peter August in custody, so he's going to continue the uh, pursuit of making sure that he stays behind bars. Whether he oh, gets so that there. means he's going to be safe from the fire. Oops! Whoops! Oops! Uh-oh. <laughs> Spoiler alert! That's right. And then, of course, you know, we do have Kevin out of town right now, John Lindstrom, uh, away for a little bit, visiting Laura in yes, Europe. Absolutely. So in the meantime, we have got a good old Doctor Lazarus, played by Casey Biggs who will be making an appearance with his face, not just necessarily the name, soon to uh, see what kind of shenanigans that he's got in store for Carly. Ooh, nice. And there's a, there are potential thoughts and rumors that perhaps there's more to Mary Pat's uh, dislike towards Carly than just being a domineering, kind of overbearing nurse. That would be nice to see, because she's particularly nasty to Carly for appear, appears no apparently good reason. Yeah, in fact, people are assuming, like, oh, the fact that she keeps referring to her as Caroline, uh, and is That's so adamant a, about it. Let me tell you something. Her, every time she says Caroline, is like nails on a chalkboard to me. I just want to punch her in her throat through the TV. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really just want to go boom. You don't want to Carla. You don't want to Carla throw a punch. I don't want to punch her in her throat. No, but seriously. <laughs> uh, but ladies and gentlemen, I guess we have one uh, one hot super hot second to do like one rapid fire prediction. Your After Buzz TV prediction, mm-hmm. Carla. I look to you. A rapid fire prediction. I am predicting that the resolution, not the resolution, but the reveal of why Mary Pat hates Caroline or Carly so much will probably re- be revealed, and I am predicting that. Um, Sonny will make a decision as to whether or not he needs to put Mike into a home or not. 
that was an interesting discussion between him and Felix this week. And you know, that was a really, beautiful scene. I love that scene. Yeah. Uh, she, we didn't get a chance to talk about it any further, though. But those of you that have not watched all of GH this past week, go watch that scene uh, between uh, Sunny Felix and Felix and Sunny. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really some good work by the both Most of them. Most definitely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. But as always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and thanks everybody for hopping in the chat, sharing your thoughts. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation with us even after the show's over, maybe get a uh, a Twitter throat punch from Carla. <laughs> Carla, where can they find you? <laughs> Did you call me Carola? No, I called oh, Carla. Oh, I was like, ooh, my Carol, ears. where can they find you? I was you? like, what's happening? <laughs> um, you can find me across all social You can find me across all social media platforms at the Curvy Critic, and you can check me out at five o'clock right here at Black Hollywood Live with Black Tomatoes, my film review show. Look at that. And find me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll be back next time with another super hot, very entertaining episode of the GH Report <laughs> right here on AfterBuzz TV. Bye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.